Turn our Bibles this morning to the book of John in chapter number one. John chapter number one. And I do want to encourage you to keep praying for our move and our relocation. That is coming very, very quickly. And I believe everything will go smoothly. But let's pray to that end. And it's exciting times ahead uh, for sure. Uh, this morning we'll be in John chapter number one. And I have uh, six different messages uh, on uh, the man John the Baptist uh, that I think I'll start with the first one this morning. Uh, that seemed like a better idea than preaching all six of them this morning. So uh, w- there's six messages, and um, I'm not sure if I'll do them on, all on Sunday mornings or do Sunday morning and Sunday night, but I believe there's uh, many things for us to learn from John the Baptist. There are many things for us to uh, learn that will help us uh, in serving the Lord and uh, being more like our Savior. John chapter number 1, and we'll begin reading in verse number 6. Everybody all right out there? Okay, John chapter number 1, verse number 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. I want to call your attention to that phrase in uh, verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This morning I've entitled this message, John, a man sent from God. John, a man sent from God. Father, I pray that uh, this morning during the message hour we'll uh, give our attention to the Word of God. We'll give our attention to the Holy Spirit of God. And Father, I pray that this morning uh, we'll be reminded of some very uh, simple yet powerful truths that we see in this man's life. I pray again, Father, that there's one unsaved, one uncertain of their eternity, uh, that they would put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask this morning that uh, everything be done to your honor and glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, John, we read verse number 6 and 7. Uh, if you want to hold your spot there, I'm going to read over uh, in the book of Luke. Uh, if you don't want to turn, that's okay. I'll be reading in Luke chapter number 1. Of course, uh, Luke chapter number 2, and we uh, touch on that during the Christmas season, is uh, the Christmas story, the birth of the Christ child. Luke chapter number 1 is a very interesting an important chapter. Uh, we find that uh, the priest Zacharias uh, is going about his priestly duties, and then in verse 13, uh, we read of Luke chapter number 1, but the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now we have here this account in Scripture of the angel of the Lord coming to Zacharias, just as we know the angel of the Lord came to Mary and told Mary uh, that the Christ child was going to be born. The same angel of the Lord has come to Zacharias and said, Your prayers have been answered. 
you're going to have a child. Uh, there's much more to that story that we could talk about this morning, but because of time, uh, we, we find that Zacharias is, is, is getting this word from uh, the angel of the Lord. And we read the scripture here that tells him uh, he's going to be an important man. He's going to have a specific purpose. He is coming before the Messiah. He is coming before the Lord Jesus, and he is going to be used of God to draw many people unto him. He's going to be used of God to turn many people unto the Savior. What a great thing for a parent to hear. First of all, we're going to have a child, but then the Lord, he is going to be used of God uh, to point people to God. Look at verse 39 of the same chapter in Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. Elizabeth is the wife of Zacharias. Elizabeth is with child, uh, with John, as he would be known, John the Baptist, uh, as he would be known in in Scripture. Uh, She is with child. Now her cousin Mary comes to visit her. This is Mary, the mother of Jesus, as you know. And verse 40, it entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, Mary begins to tell what had happened in her life, how the angel had come to her and said, uh, there's going to be a child conceived of the Holy Ghost of God, and this is going to, this is the Son of God, and you have been chosen to be the human instrument to bring the Christ child into this world as she begins to tell Elizabeth, her cousin, about this. Look what happens in verse 41. And, and, uh, and it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, John got excited before he was ever born when he heard about the coming Savior. And that is how he spent his entire life in ministry, was speaking of, preaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, pointing people to the Son of God. John was certainly a man sent from God. There are several things that I want to draw your attention to this morning, and this message will serve kind of as a foundation for all of the other messages on John the Baptist, but I want us to notice first of all and be reminded of the fact that he, John had a given purpose. He was considered the forerunner of Jesus Christ. God, when he created this world, when he created man in his own image, he knew in his foreknowledge that man would sin. Man would turn away from God and God already had the solution plan. God already had the answer to the sin problem in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he knew that he would send Jesus to pay for the sins of the world. And let me just interject right there. Aren't you glad that God loved us enough to make a payment for our sins so that we might be reconciled to Him? You and I, we don't deserve anything. We deserve to burn for all eternity in hell for our sins. But thanks be to God that He loved us enough, He sent His Son. And He knew when He created man what man was going to do. So He intended to send His Son. The prophets of the Old Testament prophesied the Savior's coming. There's one coming. Book of Isaiah, he talks of that lamb 
And we led to slaughter that spotless lamb. The prophets, they prophesied that the Savior was going to come. And now John, specifically sent from God with a given purpose to be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. That word forerunner can be defined like this, a message sent before to give notice of the approach of another. Just the very definition of the forerunner gives us an idea of the purpose that John was given. You are going to go before the Son of God and you are going to let everybody know that He is coming. Now there's a lot of things that we could be chosen to do in life, but that one sounds pretty good to me. Just to spend your life saying, Behold, the Messiah is coming. Behold, the time is at hand. You better repent and get ready for the coming of the Son of God. And friend, uh, this is a whole different message, but wouldn't that be a wonderful thing for us to spend our life uh, uh, proclaiming today? Uh, He's not coming the first time, but He's coming the second time, and we better be prepared for the return of Christ. But He had a specific purpose. Mark chapter number 1 in verse 2 and 3 reminds us, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. He had a a given purpose. I think of this purpose that John had, and stay with me this morning. I, I see that it was an important purpose. The most important thing that ever took place in history was Christ coming. Christ being willing uh, to lower himself, uh, to, to take on the, the form of man and to pay man's sin, sin debt. It was an important purpose. It was an accepted purpose. So many Christians today reject the purpose that God has for their life. Friend, uh, the, the purpose you and I have is to glorify God and honor God. Is your life Honoring God. You say, well, I'm not John the Baptist. Well, nobody's asking you to eat locusts and wild honey like he did. But you have a purpose, and our purpose is all the same in the fact that we are to honor God with our life. But it was an accepted purpose. It was a chosen purpose. We've already seen that God chose John specifically. John, a man sent from God with a given purpose. Now, there's some facts that we need to be reminded of from Scripture, but I want to make a practical application when it comes to the given purpose of John. God created John to do what we're talking about this morning. He created John to be the forerunner. He, he created John to, uh, he would empower him, he would use him as a ministry, that like any other ministry, just to proclaim that Christ is coming and you better be ready when he gets here. You better be ready to do business with God. That was his purpose. God designed him for that. Can I just offer some practical application this morning? Just as God took the time to plan and, and purpose John, that same God took the same time to plan and purpose you. God does not love John the Baptist as we know him any more than he loves you. The same God 
that, that, that designed John, who put him at this place in history with a specific purpose, is the same God that granted you life, that granted me life, and has a specific purpose for your life. It's the same God. And friend, just as John was sent from God, you're sent from God. You didn't just happen. You didn't just evolve. You didn't just uh, show up here on this planet and God say, oh no, what am I going to do? I've got to figure out something to do with this person. Oh no, God before the foundation of the world, he had you in his mind. He knew he would give you life. He knew when you would have life. He knew the period of history. And there is something that you can fulfill with your life that only you can fulfill. John had a specific purpose nobody else could do. John was created to be the forerunner of Christ. And can I offer you some practical application this morning? Mom, nobody else can be the mother of your children but you. Dad, nobody else can be the father of your children but you. Nobody else. God, that Sunday school teacher you teach right now, God has chosen you to teach that Sunday school class, that person you work with that you can be a witness to, God has chosen you. The burden you bear this morning, the the heartache you carry, God has chosen you and allowed you the health that you don't have anymore or the health that you do have. God has chosen you. Well, God chose John for a specific purpose. Yes, he did. God chose John for something very special. It's time you and I be reminded that as Christians, God is not a respecter of persons. He does not care for John more than he cares for you. John's specific purpose and calling was a high one. It was one unlike any other. It will never be duplicated in the fact that he was the forerunner letting everybody know that the Son of God is, is about to step on the scene. That his ministry is he is here. He is revealing himself. He's going to go to the cross. of He's going to pay for the sins of the world. Nobody will ever be John. But can I say nobody can ever be you? Nobody can ever do what God has for you to do. If God has granted you life, and He has, or you wouldn't be here this morning. If God has granted you life, He's placed you in this period of time. He's allowed you to have the children you have, or He allows you to be born into the home that you were born into. Uh, you may say, well, this, th- th- this didn't turn out this way, or, or in some ways, I-, I just seem to be a mistake over it. No, 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 no. God knew you'd be here today, and God wants you and I to know and be reminded from the life of John, just as John was sent with a purpose from heaven, you and I have a purpose with our life. And it is up to you to, and I to get in the pages of Scripture and say, God, I want to be close to you. I want to be ready for that task. I'm going to be the best parent that I can possibly be for my children. I'm going to be an example as a grandparent to my grandchildren. I'm going to be a good friend. I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to be the right kind of a per- person so that I might point people to the Savior. There is a given purpose. God's given us life. God's created a will for us. Is it your goal to fulfill it? Is it your goal to be that one sent from God to do what it is that God has created you to do? Not only did he have a given purpose, we see he was a fulfilled prophecy. We see in the book of Isaiah, it is mentioned that 
uh, there's one that would come that would be a voice crying in the wilderness. We're reminded in Luke chapter number 3 of the fulfillment of this prophecy. In verse number 4, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. We have a fulfillment of prophecy. Uh, you say, Pastor, that, that's good to know, but I'm not sure I see the application, how that could apply to, to you and me this morning. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it is a reminder of the plan and the providence of God. God whispered into the ear of the prophet Isaiah and said, Say this, let them know that there is a Savior coming. Let them know there's one that will be the voice of one crying in the wilderness because it is going to be fulfilled with the life of John. What a reminder for you and I that God has it all planned out. God has it all worked out. Friend, you don't need to help God figure things out. He's got it figured out. You and I should be seeking the wisdom of God every day and just say, here I am, Lord. You push me the way you want to push me. You pull me the way you want to pull me. You lead me through your word and through the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Too many Christians are complaining to God. Too many Christians are saying, God, you might be surprised by this, but I'm in need of this. No, friend, if God can whisper in the ear of a prophet and say, you tell them that there's one coming and all these hundreds of years later, here he comes. Uh, the one, the angel appears unto Zacharias and says, guess what? You're going to have a son. He's given a purpose and he's a fulfillment of prophecy. It is a reminder of the plan and the providence of God. God knows how it's going to work out. Pastor, I just don't know how it's going to, I just don't know how this is going to work out. And it's oftentimes uh, one, one, one of you will come to me and you'll have a situation and you'll mention that and I won't say this to you because I don't want to discourage you but I'm thinking I got no idea how that's working out either matter of fact I don't even know how it's worked out this far but you know what God's not shocked God's not surprised God's got it all planned out God's got it all worked. How, how many of us could testify this morning that that which we thought was an accident. That which we thought we stumbled onto. Now that we've lived some years past that, we can look back and say, oh no, that wasn't an accident. That wasn't a coincidence. I can see the hand of God moving and making things possible for this very thing to take place, for this very encounter to happen. Because, see, when you're in it, you wonder, how, how, what's going to happen from this? What's going to go of this? Well, you live a little bit longer and you stay true to your God. You'll be able to look back and say, oh, I wasn't on my own at all. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to figure, I was trying to figure things out, but God already had it figured out. In a fulfillment of prophecy with the life of John, this man sent from God, is a reminder of the plan and the providence of God. God is above all things. God has all of the answers. Sometimes in life we say, God, I don't understand. 
God, I don't, I don't know how this is going to end up. I don't understand why you would allow such something, something to happen. I don't understand how you could allow certain things to take place. But I promise you, friend, down here we may never understand it, but there's a God above all things who has everything under control. He has it all planned out. Matter of fact, this morning, did you realize that the Lord Jesus Christ could return today? Do you realize that trumpet could sound today and the church could be raptured out? I don't know if it's today. Only the Father knows the day, but he, there is a day in the mind of God the Father. And whatever it is, He knows it. He's got it planned out. Pastor, I don't know how I'm going to face this year. You know, God's got it all worked out. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be any trials. That doesn't mean there's not going to be faith required on your part. Let's be honest this morning, that's usually where we have the difficulty, is with our faith. But it's a, it's, it's a very big God to be able to say, say this, and hundreds of years later, it happens. We can't do that from one day to the next. Now, what was it I was going to do? What was it I was supposed to have done today? And I know this has never happened to any of you, but you leave one room to go do something in the next room, and when you get there, it's like... How did I get here? Why am I here? And from your response to that, some of you this morning are kind of like, I'm not even sure how I got here this morning. You know how big of a God we have who spoke this world into existence, spoke those billions of stars, put them in their place, and calls them by name. Think about that. You ever have a pet rock as a kid? <laughs> Something you name? So some of you, I see you, you, you have to walk with the cane now, and some of you have named your cane. There's nothing wrong with that. A little weird, but there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. We give little pet names. Some of you have named your vehicle. Yeah, so, some of you, well, I was going to say some of you nicknamed your, your, your wife or husband, but I won't, we won't go there, but... God has a name for every star. He calls them by name. And you think God don't know what's coming down the road in your life? Well, I know what the Bible says, but I just don't know with my... Oh no, if it says it in the Bible, that gives me even greater confidence because God said it. If God said it, it's going to come true. If God said it, I know that it's going to happen. I know that it's going to take place. That fulfilled prophecy is a reminder of the plan and the providence of God. Every time we take note of that, we're reminded God is in control. God has the plan. God is above all things. The third thing I want to remind us of this morning about John, a man sent from God, is he had an obvious priority. What was his priority? It wasn't to live his best life now. It wasn't to live the purpose-driven life. It was just simply to point people to Christ. Look at verse 27 of John chapter number 1. He it is who coming after me... I'm sorry, I have the wrong verse. Verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. He had an obvious priority. And it was to point people... To Jesus. 
we are told in, in, the, in the first chapter, the beginning of John, we're told in the first chapter of Luke uh, that he would have a, a, a specific purpose, and that was to be that forerunner, to go ahead and say, he's coming, he's coming. And we just read when he sees, he says, there he is. Behold the Lamb of God. This was his obvious priority. He was not concerned about his earthly gain. He was not concerned about his earthly status. John the Baptist, if, if we could apply some of today uh, if, to that, that time period, he wouldn't have been concerned with how many Twitter followers or how many friends he had on social media. He had one concern in life, and that was to point people to Jesus. Friend, let's not get entangled with the affairs of this world. Let's be reminded we are here to point people to Jesus. Parents, the greatest thing you'll do with your children is when they're very, very young, if you'll point them to Jesus. Grandparents, the greatest thing you can do with your grandchildren is point them to Jesus. Hey, we're all going to encounter people uh, throughout the week when we go to work with our neighbors, uh, complete strangers. Are you pointing people to Jesus? He had an obvious priority and it was just to point others to Jesus and say there is the Lamb of God there is the Savior of mankind there is the one who can take away your sins there is the one who can cover your sin debt that was his priority I believe John when he got up every morning he said who am I going to point to Jesus when he went to bed at night, I think he was thinking, I can't wait for that sun to come up because I'm pointing somebody else to Jesus. He wasn't concerned about anything else but just pointing people to Jesus. Wouldn't it be good if Christians had just a little bit of that zeal? Just understood that we have a shared priority in pointing people to Jesus? It is our priority as well. I, you and I, we can't say uh, this morning that an angel appeared uh, to, to our father and said, you're going to have a child and, and they're going to have this specific pur purpose. That's not that, that happened for John. But something we do have in common with him is we have a responsibility to point people to Jesus. That will be our priority. Well, we get up and get ready to start our week this, this next week. Our work week, we ought to get up in the morning and pray, Lord, would you allow me to cross the path of somebody that I can just point to you? You know, there, there, there's times when there'll just be a very simple encounter, but can people see the light of Christ in you? Friend, that's why it's so important for a Christian to act like a Christian, look like a Christian, talk like a Christian, go to where Christians should go, don't go, not go where Christians shouldn't go. Why is it important? Because we're supposed to have a life that points people to Him. We don't, we, we, we don't separate from this world because we're better than anybody else. We separate so we can say, look at what Christ has done in me and point people to Him. Say, well, for a Christian to be a Christian in, in 2019, it sure are going to look funny. Have you read about how John the Baptist ran around town? There's your homework project. He didn't fit in. But he's had a priority. And that was to point people to Christ. What a goal for the Christian in 2019. 
I'm not against New Year's resolutions. I think it's good to every year set goals and try and hit goals. But wouldn't it be a wonderful thing for Christians to say, Lord, this year would you allow me to point people to you? Would you allow me to have a part in pointing people to you? Say, what, what is the goal for the Emmanuel Baptist Church? Oh, we have them. I've even put them in color pictures in a booklet and put them in your hands. But it all sums up to this. We just want to point people to Jesus. We want to point people to him. Hey, let's do more for him in this new year. We find the obvious priority of John, and it was to point people to Christ. It was his life. It was his purpose. It was what he, what he got excited about. It's what he, he lived to do. And we see fourthly, and finally this morning, we see an endless pursuit. That's all he pursued. He never quit pointing people to Christ. You study life of Christ, or study life of John, and we'll do it here these next sermons. We'll uh, get very in depth into what the scripture says about John. But he was always pursuing converts and baptisms. Always. It was his endless pursuit. He, he said, he's coming, you better believe on him. And before Jesus ever revealed himself, as we see in verse number 29, there are some who said, I believe. I believe. And he was causing some to believe on him before they ever saw him. You couldn't pull up your phone and say, oh, uh, Jesus is preaching a sermon down. No, you couldn't do that. Uh, the faith that one had to have in believing that, that the Messiah was here, the Son of God had come, and believing on him, that's all John pursued. It was his endless pursuit. Uh, along the line in this little series, we're going to look at the, 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 prison, the imprisonment of John and, and the death of John. And all the way to the end, John preached the truth. And all the way to the end, he had an endless pursuit of pointing people to Christ. Can you think of a time in your life when your purpose was to point people to him and it's not that now? There, I'm convinced of this. And this I bring, this I convict all of us. There are enough Christians on this planet who know the truth of this word they used to serve God. They used to sing in a choir. They used to be faithful to church. They used to teach a Sunday school class. They used to be a soul winner. They used to be a tither. They used to give to missions. They used to do all of those things. If just the people in our country who used to, who know they should, got back to doing it, Oh, you wouldn't need a political revolution. You'd have a spiritual revolution. Uh, we talk about revival, but we don't want to do what it takes to have a revival in our nation. And that's just continuing to endlessly pursue what it is that God has put us here to do. And that's to point people to Him. Point people to Him. You say, well, Pastor, I'm not as young as I used to be. I can't get out and do. But you can still pray. You can still have a life of joy and of peace and growing close to your Savior. You can go out in public with the glow of glory on your face because you've spent time with God. You can still point people to the Savior, but you've got to want to endlessly pursue it. It was His life's goal and mission 
to pursue what it was that God had put him here. Why is it that Christians will commit to everything but what I'm preaching about this morning? Well, Pastor, I don't want to join. That's a commitment. Pastor, to be in Sunday school, that's a commitment. Sunday night, that's a commitment. Wednesday night, that's a big commitment. Oh, to, go, to, to be a Sunday school, that, that, that's, that's a commitment. To sing in the choir, to work in a ministry, that's a commitment. I just don't know that, 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 I, that, that that's, that's fair to ask of me to commit. But we have no problem signing a 30-year commitment on a mortgage. We have no problem committing to this and committing to that and committing to all of these things that will not matter for eternity. How about all of us this morning just saying, I want to commit to an endless pursuit of honoring God with my life. I just want to commit to an endless pursuit of being in fellowship with Him so that others might see the difference that he's made in my life. I see Bill sitting down here. I hope he'll be okay with me doing this. Of course, we know Ursula went home to be with the Lord not too long ago. And to the end, she was handing gospel tracts and telling people how to be saved. I remember going to the hospital one time to visit her, and I, I didn't know which room she was in. I stopped at the nurse's station. Told him who I was. They said, oh, if you want to go, this is their words. If you want to get saved, you go in that room right there. <laughs> and that was, it was Ursula's room. If you want to get saved, you go in there. What a testimony. What a testimony. Can you imagine what would happen in this part of the world? Just every one of us. I said, I want an endless pursuit of what God has put me here to do. Endless pursuit. John, a man sent from God. He had a specific purpose. But friend, that same God who gave John life gave you life. That same God who said, I have a purpose for a forerunner. And I'm going to give John, and I'm going to create John for that purpose. Your purpose and my purpose is not to be the forerunner of Christ, but we have a purpose that God created us to fulfill. Why don't we get a hold of that this morning and say, Lord, whatever you have for me, if it's just to teach this little Sunday school class, if it's just for me to, to just faithfully serve you in whatever way I can, whatever it is, I just want to, be, I want to have an endless pursuit of that, just honoring you with my life. This world has gotten so wicked and so vile that if you live a life as just a Christian, trying to just honor God, you'll stand out just like that. And while this world and while certain uh, platforms in this world has given the scorner and the God-hater the ability to mock and make fun. That There are those out there that have a broken heart and a broken life. They've tried everything in this world. They're just looking for something different. Why don't we just have an endless pursuit of I'm going to honor God with my life?
Let's stay faithful all the way to the end. Father, I pray.